no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Barry Centers. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 41-10 loss to the Chiefs and much, much more. What's good, Press? <laughs> That's a loaded question on this Monday afternoon, Dub. I, you know, remember when we were shorties, man. And I might have used this phrase on the show before, but I'm going to say it again, goddamn, I don't care. But remember when my parents would be like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. That's just, that's that's where I'm at right now, man. Not even mad because that shit that I saw yesterday, A Dub, I was like, you know what? I've seen enough. I got out of that stadium in the fourth quarter and didn't even turn back and look. I was like, you know what? I've had enough disappointment for one weekend. My Notre Dame fight in Irish let me down. And then the Bears, not that I was even expecting we were going to win. A Dub, you and I already talked about it. We gave our predictions, right? We talked about the fact that the Bears are going to lose. But I didn't realize we were going to lose the game in the first four minutes of the fucking football game. Damn. I didn't see enough improvement from the team coming into this week. So that was very disappointing. We're talking about the offense and defense. Oh, man, it was all bad. I mean, shit. The equipment manager, uh, <laughs> everybody. I mean, shit. Anybody that's, that's fucking employed by the Chicago Bears right now, you let us down. That, that's the way I look at it. All of y'all are a part of this problem. That's the thing. We don't get into it on this show. Well, it's enough blame to go around right now. I'm so sick of this shit. Man. I'm tired of these fuckers fucking ruining my weekend, man. Flew all the way out to Kansas City. Thought I was going to enjoy myself. I, you know, like I said, audience, I didn't have some preconceived notion that we was going to pull off an upset and win the game. But I thought, you know, we was going to see some improvement from Justin. I thought with Ibrafus calling the defense, and okay, you know what? We'll keep this thing competitive at least. Man, Kansas City was playing with us like we were like a JV team out there because that's what the fuck we looked like. It was just a total disaster. And I think about it. Thus far through three games, you thought you would see small improvements, Perez, from each game. And right now, it's like we still at square one, man. Like the needle has not been moved forward at all. So that's a big disappointment. Definitely goes on Iberflus, Luke Getze, and the rest of the coaching staff. This is ugly. I mean, this week, we talked about it in our preview show. I nicknamed the show Bears Hell Week because that's exactly what it was. The whole Allen Williams fiasco and the way that the organization handled that, the telling us, oh, it's just health and family, right? Then in his statement, he comes out and says health and family. Then we get a report from Adam Schefter, and they're like, hey, man, it was some inappropriate activity that was going on, and it had nothing to do with health and family. And now I'm sitting here like, why is this organization fucking lying to us? And why is it that the B reporters who are there every day at Hallis Hall, how come y'all not getting this story? How come it's going? And if you talk about inappropriate activity, getting your HR department involved, what was inappropriate? What actually happened? There's more to come. I'm quite sure press is going to come out. But right now we're like, hey, what is it that you all are hiding? Poles and Eberflus. There is something going on that happened with Alan Williams. And we were hoping you all would be to give us some insight. 
Well, dub shit, you would know you were in HR. That's why I don't fuck with none of y'all motherfuckers. When they when I get an email from them, I'm like, nah, man, I, don't, I didn't do shit. Anytime HR reach out to you, it's a problem. Yeah, well, there's smoke, there's fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if that was what led to his demise or resignation prayers, then it was something serious because it was like either, hey, we're going to fire you or you're going to resign. And those are two options that you possibly can get. So to save face, maybe he did decide to resign. When I read that resignation letter from him and the fact that he lawyered up, I was like, I don't know him now. I don't, I don't want to make assumptions because, you know, that's dangerous when you start assuming stuff. Right. I was like, man, this thing just feels a little weird, Dub. It feels weird because I'm like, the organization seemed like they were trying to distance themselves from him. And I'm like, so this didn't seem like a normal situation. And we still don't even know what the hell inappropriate activity even means, right? Right. But right. whatever it is, the organization wanted no parts of him because they were like, nope disassociate let's keep it moving and then you add that on top of a distraction it's like whoa 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 we hit a we hit a low point here press so you got a coach going through inappropriate activities and your team not performing well from all avenues this is getting bad and it's under ryan pose under ryan pose under matt eberflus this is all under their watch kevin warren you get some of this too yep I know you over here worried about the stadium. This football program, after week three, you got a whole city to give up on your fucking team. Bro, I ain't never left no football game early, Dub. You know that about me. I ain't never left no football game early. What was the point of me sitting out there? What was what was I going to do? Just be further pissed off, Dub? Watch it, bro. That's all it is going to take. Man, please. I got a head start on that barbecue. I'll fuck that barbecue up here so that I'll murk that shit. <laughs> And watching it like that, seeing how all the players are playing, how the coaching staff is coaching, this makes no sense at all through week three, bro. So that barbecue you had, man, I wish I had some of that. It sounded like you had some good ones. It was good, man. Shit, I had me some some burn-ins with some Mississippi sweet barbecue sauce. I'm not going to name the name of the place because I told them yesterday when I was in there, I said, hey, me and my boy, we got a national podcast. I said, now, if y'all would like to sponsor it, I'll tell the name. And the guy was like, send me a link and I'll get back to you. So I ain't heard nothing back from him yet, but I ain't going to say the name of it now. But it was some good-ass barbecue. I promise you it was good, A-Dub. Man. Along with some mac and cheese, bro. You got me hungry over here, man. And I did have the mac and cheese. That shit was good, too. And most of the time, I'm very particular about my mac and cheese. All this, I know we're getting, we going to get back to the show in a second. But I got to talk about something that's going to make me happy real quick. Because that barbecue and macaroni and cheese was fire. Had me a little cold beer on top of it. Oh, oh, oh. That, that's the only thing that made me happy yesterday. Was that food? Of course, you had enough for me, too. Listen, this, this is all I'm going to say, audience, is I had a weekend. Dub and I was covering the University of Illinois football game in Champaign. I had to trek from Champaign back to Chicago to take an early morning flight to Kansas City to go to the game. I've been all over the fucking Midwest. I deserve better than that, man. I deserve better than that. I woke up this morning. I'm like, where am I? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Your ass been everywhere, bro. But that got to suck to go out there to KC, man, and watch that type of game, though, you know? Nah, that shit was stupid. It was dumb, man. Matty McFloos, 13 consecutive loss on the hottest of hot seats. Now, I was one of the first people, man, that went on record of calling this man out. I put it in writing. Audience, if you haven't checked it out, go to Chicago State of Mind on our Substack. You'll find my article. I called this out three weeks ago about Matty Rafus. I wasn't happy with a lot of the things that he had been doing, even over the course of the summer. 
But I said, you know what, Dub? I'm not going to say nothing, but I'm going to give him a couple weeks. Man, after that opener, bro, I was like, I'm done with this guy. I didn't even think that he should have been hired in the first place. And that's the thing. There's a lot of talk on Twitter right now. Everybody's, oh, man, King Pose, and y'all were anointing him, this and that, and he ain't done anything. I'm like, okay, fine. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could have that. But in my opinion, I don't think that Ryan Pose was all going to hold or hire Matt Eberflus. I have a feeling that Bill Polian and that ownership group with George McCaskey made that decision before Ryan Pose was even hired and was like, hey, here's your guy. This is going to be your head coach. I feel like they pushed the hire on him. Now, that part I'll excuse Ryan Poles for. But I ain't going to excuse Ryan Poles for the rest of this shit. And what I mean by the rest of this shit, look at this defensive line that you're trying out for this defense. This is the worst defensive line in the damn league. It's awful. Now, I just wrote last week about the fact that Matty Bafoos will sit here and talk to you about his hits principle. And he'll sit here and talk to you about the culture. Meanwhile, they passed up on Jalen Carter generational talent who to look damn good on that defensive line front. I know I'm going to keep saying it because I want to keep reminding people that we passed up on this guy because we were so worried about our culture. Well, our culture looks real good right now. 0-3 in the team that looks like they had quit on the damn coach. That's the type of culture that y'all was worried about preserving? The biggest part of Chicago Bear culture is defense. Defense has been the side of ball that's been the most impactful that we've seen for decades. And you talk about passing up on a generational talent. They went out and got, of course, a right tackle for Darnell Wright. And I got nothing against the guy Darnell Wright. But when you got something that is part of the DNA of the Bears, you go for it. And I think they dropped the ball on that draft pick. That and, and a lot of other stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Chase Claypool move. Like, there's so many. Not giving Roquan Smith the money that he wanted. Now, I know that this was a popular debate on Bears Twitter last year. People forgot real quick all that all, all pro Quan tweets and, and, and the shit that was going out there. As soon as that man asked for his money, and everybody wanted to sit over here and act like it was their money, I never understood that. I was telling everybody that would talk to me about it. I'm like, look, I don't think we got better after that trade. And I'm still looking at Roquan, and he's still making plays over there. And I'm like, man, he would look goddamn good in the Bears uniform right now. <laughs> Uh, we could use him, bro. And the thing is, Fred, it's not even just about his play. It's also his leadership, man, his presence. That was a huge difference right there. And the team respected him. And now we don't have him. You wonder like, who's actually out there leading this defense, for sure. Man, who's leading this defense? Who leading this team? I keep saying the same shit. I said it two weeks ago. Who are the leaders on this ball club? I'll wait. Honest, if you if you think that you know who the leader of this damn team is right now, hit us up on our DMs. I would love to have that dialogue with you because I don't see one. I don't see not one guy. Maybe DJ Moore. Maybe DJ Moore. Outside of that, where the leadership? The wide receiver got to be the leader of the team. You already in trouble already. Not a good this look. Shit, this shit crazy, man. This shit crazy. And Patrick Mahomes, I told y'all in the preview show, he gets fired up in his matchup against the Bears. We know why. And I even heard one of the reporters even ask Patrick Mahomes, hey, do you still feel some kind of way that the Bears passed you up? That man clowned, not the, I don't think he clowned the reporter, but he was kind of clowning Chicago in his answer. That motherfucker, he realized they did him a favor not drafting him. 
He see what happened to Mitch, and he see what's happening to Justin. And I said it last week. This is what quarterbacks go to die. Justin Fields is dying a slow death right now, and it's unfortunate. The kid don't deserve it. But I hope I was hoping it wasn't going to be true for Justin Fields. But the trend don't lie, bro. Every quarterback that came here, man, struggle at some point, and I have a lot of high hopes for Justin Fields. I'm just not so sure if this coaching staff can really help this kid, man, because right now, through three games, I was hoping to see more from Justin Fields, and what I'm seeing right now, man, is the quarterback that's losing confidence in his coaching staff. They're losing confidence in the coaching staff. I don't have confidence in the coaching staff. I've been calling this coaching staff out since the Packers game. See, you over here with your cool hair Luke and all that shit. That motherfucker don't know cool hair nothing. Cool hair nothing. This coaching staff has been awful. And it's the thing. Okay, fine. You go and fire the entire coaching staff. Okay. Who's going to be the person that's going to be responsible for hiring the coach? Do you trust Ryan Poles to make that decision? That's my thing. See, everybody want to sit here and talk about, oh, right now, you know, we have two top five picks. Yeah, that's cute. Who the fuck's going to draft those players? Who else we going to pass up on for whatever unknown reason? I don't trust this organization to get out of its own way to fix any of the problems that are going on. That's the problem. Unless they bring somebody in here from the outside that is going to come in and they're going to do everything Football decisions, personnel decisions. If you bring in one guy in to do that, fine. But that's why this shit's never going to get fixed. Because you got too many fucking cooks in the kitchen. And half these people ain't never cooked a meal in their fucking life. You're talking about competencies right there, man. I mean, I think about this football team, and I think about the last couple decades with it. I, I mean, Lovey Smith done a, a solid job with this team. And since he left, bro, it just feels like we've been just going further and further downhill, man. That man should have never been fired. He should have never been fired. That's a very rare thing you would ever see is a coach get fired going 10 to 6, right? <laughs> um, I guess if you're black. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> man, it's tough, man, to see that happen to Lovey Smith after a season like that. But since then, the proof is in the pudding. We haven't been back to that level, man, and it's been a struggle. You go out and get different coaches. You go out and get different GMs, and still nothing happened. The needle doesn't get moved. And you got to wonder that, hey, what type of coaches are we going after to try to turn things around? Because right now, these last couple seasons, looks really bad, bro. And this one right here, an 0-3 start, it's not just about the record. It's about the play of the players. And the way they're playing right now, bro, after the money that was spent on some of these players, this is a big disappointment for us through three games. And you know what, man? When they fired Lovey at the time and they said the 10 to 6 isn't the standard. And I'm sitting here like, well, what's the fucking standard now? I would die for 10 and 6. We ain't right. gonna ever see, we ain't gonna ever sniff 10 and 6. That shit, man, at the time when they said that shit, we was all scratching our heads like, okay, well, I guess they got something in mind here. And we ain't seen a damn thing since. We had a little bit of fucking, a little bit on the neck. 
Kicker, he had his part in that, and then we ain't seen, we ain't had nothing since. Right. Got a little Ooh. taste right there with that. Yeah, a little right. taste, right? A little, little <laughs> taste, though. And that was it. That was it, man. And you know what's crazy, Perez? You had people out there saying, you know what, it was time for Lovey to go, you know, even after 10 and 6. Oh, I remember that shit. I remember that shit. What is it now? <laughs> is it oh, yeah, they, you know what? <laughs> them same people probably somewhere now talking about fire Eber flu. You motherfuckers don't appreciate anything. Because at the time when Lovey was here, I love Lovey. His players love Lovey. Because then what happened, Doug? They bring Mark Trespin in here, Doug. And the players had such a lack of respect for him that people was missing practice to go open a fucking barbecue restaurants. I ain't going to call the person's <laughs> name out. All this, y'all go Google it. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. That was the type of shit we go from Lovey Smith, who had the respect of that entire locker room and organization, to a guy that came in here. Players was like, yeah, I don't feel like practicing. I'm going to go open up this restaurant. And he was allowed her to do so. Allow Brandon Marshall to do whatever the fuck Brandon Marshall wanted to do in that locker room. That team was a disaster. So you take Lovey Smith out of the equation and replace him with the guy that was the joke in the room. Then you replace that guy with Matt Mackey, which not even going to get all into that bullshit. But you, all this, you know where I'm going. Then you go from Matt Nagy to the guy that we have now. Now, I will say, Matt Eberflus, from a defensive standpoint, he's got chops. He's always had top units. He was calling the players in this game yesterday. The, it was an embarrassment. It looked like he had never called the defense before. You, you were in the AFC, Eberflus. You coached against Mahomes and the Chiefs before. This game looked like he was a first-time coordinator. He got outclassed. Mahomes over there, they put him on ice in the third quarter. He say Eberflus, who specialize in defense, get outclassed. And honestly, I think that's an understatement. It was worse than that, you know? Because for me, bro, you and I saw the Dolphins blow out the Broncos. And what they did not do in blowing out the Broncos they didn't go straight seven straight possessions and score. I'm looking at our defense like we give up seven straight possessions where the Chiefs scored on the Bears. I said, what kind of defense do you have running out there? Are you even prepared for a game like this at all? And that definitely falls on Eberflus. You didn't get your team prepared for this game. Who knows? But at this point, when you all showed up to Kansas City, you weren't ready to play. This is the thing, man. I've talked about this with Eberflus all season, man. He has not had this team prepared. Now, I know some people may push back and say, well, Perez, man, you got to give Eberflus a little bit of a break because he was going up against one of the best offenses in the NFL. I don't care. The Chiefs, they put their uniforms on just like we do. Yeah, okay, great. They might be one of the top offenses, but this shit wasn't even competitive. That's my problem. It wasn't even close. And I know, and I know that this week was a a distracting week when you have what was going on with the defensive coordinator, when Justin Fields made his comments. I'm sure this week was tough for them as an organization, but guess what? That's why you have leaders on your team, and that's why you have leaders within the organization. Somebody's supposed to galvanize the troops. Who's doing that? The Chiefs' offense is who the Chiefs' offense is. Pat Mahomes, we've been to he's that dude. Okay, what about it? Patrick Mahomes is that guy. I mean, some of the passes he was made was unbelievable. But at the end of the day, as a football team, you got to slow some of that stuff down, man. 
And the biggest disappointment on this team here is when you go out there and bring in an Nguakwe, you go out there and bring in some other players, you know, that you can help your defense, and you got nothing to show for it. That's a big problem, Press. And looking at this team right now under Ibrahimovic, it's like, okay, I get it. The offense isn't gelling like we want to, but that defense, why can't you get that right, man, when it's supposed to be your specialty? And the Bears' calling card is defense. Now, I know other people may want to sit here and tell me, well, Perez and injuries in the secondary. Yeah, I get it. Bojack didn't play. I get it. Josh Blackwell was out. I get it. Tyreek Stevenson got knocked out of the ball game. Next man up. That's why, as GM of a football team, you build a roster from 1 to 53. So that way, you have a well-balanced roster so in case injuries happen. This is the NFL. Everybody's got injuries. You got to be ready for it. I'm not going to sit over here and let us off the hook because of some damn injuries to the secondary. Okay, so if Bo Jack would have been there, if Tyreek Stevenson would have been there, you still don't mean you don't think that we still would have lost by a lot of points? We were a 13-point underdog. I don't give a fuck who the hell was injured. We got our asses fucking kicked. Point blank. We weren't ready. An old-fashioned butt whipping, man. And at this point, Perez, they had a low point, and all they can do, in my opinion, is go up, bro. And I have to keep watching on the scoreboard. They keep showing fucking Taylor Swift on the scoreboard, and I'm sure they were showing her on TV all the damn time. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man. Great. I'm like, great. So why even, nobody even cares about the football game. The Bears suck so much, we worried about Taylor Swift being here. Great. So Travis Kelsey going to score again. Good for him. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, how in the world he keep getting open? And everyone knows he's a target. Still don't understand that, Perez. I mean, we, we knew going in, when we talked about our breakdown, we think the keys to victory to be. We didn't go hardcore. We went very simplistic. Can you contain a guy like Travis Kelsey? Why is he getting open just that easily for touchdowns? And I'm like, come on, man. What are you doing you're playing, Iberflus? You already know what this team is going to do. You already know the hookup between Mahomes and Kelsey. I think I said, man. Travis Kelsey, he's already a problem and a half. We had all those injuries in the secondary. That's probably what some people will see here and push back on me on. I don't really give a shit about that. I think that, you know, next man should be able to come in and compete. That's my whole thing. Compete. Okay, fine. He's probably going to get his because he's all pro tight end. But he was wide open, man. Wide yeah. open. That's the problem that I had. What was the scheme? We talked about there were some subtle things they could have done. Double team. Get another safety out there. Whatever the hell they tried to do, it just did not work. I can't wait to do the rewatch of the game because I'm going to be specifically watching to see what scheme that they do on, on, um, on Kelsey. Because like I said, he was open whenever the hell he wanted the ball. Mahomes was getting it to him. Insane. And I got a, I got a little message. This is going to be non-football related. A little message to our men and women out here. It's about taking a shot in life. Now, my boy Travis Kelsey, he took a shot. Reached out to Taylor Swift. I was like, yeah, I want to hang out. I want to take you out. Shot in the dark, right? And guess what? She was good. She was with right. it. So many of us in our day-to-day -day lives, it's stuff that we talk about, oh, I'm going to do this, and I wish I could do that, or I'm going to do that. Man, take y'all shots, man. Life is too short. Salute to Travis Kelsey for taking this shot, man. I saw him walking out the arena courtesy of Jared Payton. He took a video of them two leaving out. I'm like, 
man, Travis Kelsey just winning in life. Great football team and winning off the damn field. I'm like, I see you, Travis Kelsey. I see you, son. Hey, sometimes, listen. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to throw it out there, man. You never know. You never know. All they can say is no. That's it, man. So speaking into existence. All right, we got to get into this offense, man. So going into this matchup, you and I was like, man, we got to unleash Justin. Justin was saying, listen, I want, I'm tired of being robotic. I want an opportunity to go out there and do what I do best. So I was thinking heading into this game, Dub, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm thinking, well, at least the offense will probably be better. I think Justin will probably be get unleashed a little bit. Well, guess what? After this ball game, bro, we still got no offensive identity. How is that possible? After the third game, still no identity on offense. I mean, you don't know if you're a run team. You don't know if you're a passing team. You don't know if you're a combination of both, right? A balanced team. And if you don't have any identity, you already, man, in, in a tough spot as it is. And this is where I really got to come in, Luke, at and say, hey, what are you doing with this offense? You can't establish nothing. Can't establish a good run game. Can't establish a good passing game. What's up with you? What's up with your game plan? How are you executing and helping Justin Fields become a better quarterback? And right now, I don't even see Luke's value when you talk about running the offense. Because right now, through three games, it's like we took steps back. One moment we left, we taking a step forward, Perez, and then we go into the game and just take extra steps backwards, bro. So no identity, <laughs> this is a problem big time. If we're going to go into the fourth week trying to figure out, do we even try to get one? How are we going to get one? Don't even know, man. It just looks really bad on Luke's part of the, uh, of the equation. I hate to be a broken record here on this, but I'll just tell you this, man. There's no consistency with Luke Getty. There's been no consistency with the play call. And my biggest issue with him this season is he's abandoned a running game way too early and way too often in these ball games. The fact that he's calling plays the way he's calling plays is a big part of why we're losing these games the way we're losing them. He was a big part of why we lost that game against Green Bay. He was a huge part of why we were never even in the game against the Chiefs. It's pathetic. For this offense to be any sort of successful, the running game has to be involved. We went last season having one of the best rushing offenses in the whole NFL. To this shit now that he's doing, I have no clue what this offense is that he's running. I don't mind seeing a run play if it's the right play to call, right? They got like eight men stacked in a box. And you still want to run the football, though, when you decide to do it? It's like he's just playing checkers and saying, hey, I'm going to call this play a passive play. Then I'm going to call, you know, a running play. Like we're playing Russian roulette or something. I don't know, man. But it just doesn't look good or feel like there's a game plan or a method to this play call. That's my point. When teams can stack the box up against you like that, it's because they're like, I don't respect this quarterback to do anything because you haven't put him in any sort of position to do anything to make us respect him. This is the right. thing. We know the fields are struggling in the passing game. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for that fact. But what I will say and I've gone on record and said this often. Justin Fields and Luke Getty, those dudes do not work well together. I don't give a fuck how many times the Bears want to sit here and show us, show them hugging each other and practice and shit. Man, get that shit out of my fucking face. They did more design rollouts in the game yesterday. Justin had a couple of runs. But guess what? He still didn't look comfortable out there. He still had pressure in his face. He was still getting sacked. 
And sometimes it's almost like he's afraid to throw the football. And don't even get me started on the times where I'm looking at him and I'm watching him throw the football when he does have a clean pocket and the ball's coming out inaccurate. Justin Fields is not going to thrive in this offense. The way that Luke Getzey is calling these plays and the way that he has this scheme set up, this is not an offense for Justin Fields to thrive in. Or it's not an offense, press, even for the wide receivers we have, like DJ Moore and Claypool. They don't fit this type of scheme either, bro. So the way it's going, no one is pleased or happy with how it's going. And I'm quite sure, you're right, Fields is scratching his head trying to figure this whole thing out. And like, hey, if it's going to continue to go this route, come on, man. Something has to change, bro. It really does. Like I said, three sacks. What he threw for 99 yards? Yep. I mean, 99 yards, bro. We talk about an NFL offense for a whole four quarters of a game. He had like 30-some yards through three quarters, bro. And that's a sad part when your quarterback can't even get the ball downfield like that. It's tough, man. And you got to look in the mirror as a coaching staff and ask yourself, what did you do wrong? And reflect. Look in the mirror. Watch the film. There are more things they got to do, bro, to get this thing right. And the time is running out, Perez. Bears don't have a lot of time to turn this thing around. And right now, this offense, this offense is struggling really, really bad, man. Like I said, Luke Getty, man, he's been awful this season, bro. I, I, I don't. And the thing is, people may say, "Well, Perez, you putting all the blame on Getty, boy. You just sat up here and said the fields, you know, look skittish out there, and he's been inconsistent." Yes. But I think a lot of Justin Fields' problems is because of Luke Getty. Just like the same problems that Mitch Trubisky had was because of Matt Nagy. Well, sometimes when a player gets overcoached, it can be detrimental to them. Yeah. They just need to get back to doing what they did last season. Because whatever they're trying to do this year, they're trying to reinvent the wheel, the shit just ain't working. It is not working. You see how... A lot of these opponents want to defend Justin Fields, right? That's what's about, how to contain Justin Fields. And you can see some of their schemes, right? They want to keep him in the pocket anyway. Yep. They won't let him get to the outside. So, Luke Getsy, what do you do in that case? What's the plan? Because you know what they're doing. So what is your plan, your method to say, hey, maybe we got to get DJ Moore involved, maybe Money Moon, maybe Claypool. How does your all these weapons we have become non-existent? when we know what the game plan is for what the opponents are trying to do. And you can't do anything about it. And my thing is Justin Fields having his worst game coming off those comments that he made. That's why I'm scratching my head even more. I'm thinking, like, he's going to come out here with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to come out here with a big middle finger to the coaches' staff. Like, hey, I got this. But I, I didn't see it. Now, what I did see from Justin, which I did like, I saw him going up to his teammates at the end of the game and – you know what I'm saying? He was trying to keep guys engaged. That is what I wanted to see from him in that Green Bay game when he didn't do that kind of shit. So I'm slowly starting to see him not sitting there with the bad body language and moping around and all just sitting by himself. But at the same time, that ain't enough. I need more than 99 passing yards from you. I need more than a touchdown when the game's out of hand. I also didn't like that hit he took at the end of the game where he obviously didn't know where he was at for a second and DJ Moore had to help him out. I didn't even think Justin Fields should be in the game. He shouldn't have been. But, but Tyson Beijing was an actor. That's tough. That's very tough. Because really, <laughs> you are risking your quarterback at that point. You're playing, you're down 41-0, Perez. What more are you trying to accomplish at this point? 
going against what second string and third string players, you're not going to accomplish anything at this point, really. You know, you're trying to find a rhythm. It's almost too late to try to find that right now in this game here, you know. So it's all a bad point. And you saw that hit on Justin Fields. You were like, hey, the guy could have came up hurt. I think could've he is hurt. hurt. I think he is hurt. That's something for us to keep our, our attention to this week. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Justin had a concussion there. He, he was dazed. Yeah, he was out of it, bro. No doubt. Yep. All right, A-Dub. I'm tired of ranting and raving over here. I said I wasn't <laughs> going to do it, and they still made me do it because I just can't. I can't fathom what this team is because this is not what I was expecting coming into the season. Did I think that they were going to be like some juggernaut? No, but I thought that they were going to surprise the people this year. I was thinking of the 9 and 18. Yeah, please. This team ain't going to go anywhere near being a 9 win team. This shit is tough. Oh, and three, and I'm looking at the schedule, and like this Denver game that's coming up that you talked about. Yeah, they may have lost about 50 points or whatever the fuck it was, but ain't no damn guarantee that we're going to handle business against the Broncos. <laughs> that's true, man. That is true. But let's give out some game balls. Offense. Who's getting your game ball, bro? On offense, friends, it was very hard for me to figure that out, really, on game ball. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, but I thought that, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go with Roshan Johnson, man. Yeah. I did think he came in and did some good things, though, friends. The way he ran the football, we saw him running hard, bro. That kid, to me, is going to be special at some point in his career, you know, and I hope it's with the Chicago Bears. I can see a lot out of him, man, and – um. When he come in and, and do good things, run the football, or even in the passing game, like I said, he got a, he caught a couple of catches. He tried to make something out of nothing, man. And that's one thing I like about him. I mean, you listen, Roshan Johnson, he can always get the game ball with when you look at this offensive team, the way it's been performing, because he's always looking at your maximum effort, right? And yep. his yards per carry. He continues to exceed Kalua Herbert there. However, I thought Kalua Herbert ran the football well as well. They both had it going. But the thing is, Luke Getty got away from the run very quickly. Now, I know in this game, it was by design because damn Chiefs just, like, ran it up on him. But this season, I just don't think the Luke Getty has done a good enough job trying to get the running game going. But, hey, great game ball recipient, Roshan Johnson. Hey, sky's the limit for him and his future his, his, here in Chicago. The running back situation in the NFL, though, it just it scares me because guys like Roshan and, and Khalil Herbert, a team will just use you up during your rookie deal and then just replace you three, four years later. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's the sad part about that running back position. The way they treat running backs, man, it's, in my opinion, just not fair, man. I understand people will say they come a dime a dozen, but, man, when you got someone that's gifted, you got to try to retain that person. All right, my offensive game ball, and don't laugh, audience and dub, is going <laughs> over to Trenton Gill. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to lie. Damn. <laughs> wow. I'll let you explain that. 46 yards damn near per punt outside of him? What nobody doing? Nothing to slow them down. That kid, Trenton Gill, boy, that man, he's got a leg on him. And there's also <laughs> a sad state of affairs when I have to give the game ball to the player. That means we hit an all-time low. And we got to talk about Trenton Gill. Wow. That's sad, man. You're right. He done his job effectively. I cannot argue against that, bro. Good recipient. You're right. Everyone else we can look at and say, hey, you kind of struggle a little bit, have some problems on the field, right? No matter if you're running the football, no matter if you're throwing the football, no matter if you're a wide receiver, you're right, Perez. But looking at him, he done his job very well, very effective. I can roll with that.
All right, man, defense. Who's getting your game ball? On defense, I'll give it to T.J. Edwards, man, on defense. I thought the guy, the reason why I'm saying him, Perez, is because he's just somewhere always around the football, man, no matter yeah. where it's at. Helping somebody out, and I got, I got, I got to roll with that. It seems like to me when Eberflus talk about the details of the game, you know, of course, got to do things a little bit quicker. It's like he's always, to me, doing the right thing. I would love to see him get there, of course, you know, which I believe he will. But it seems like he's always at the right place at the right time. Well, this is the thing, man. I just, I would love to see what him and Tremaine Edmonds could do if we had a better defensive line. It's just when the when Ryan Poles kind of designed this defense over the course of free agency and they didn't address the knees up front and they went and got the linebackers. I like the moves. But right now you see in the team right now that the linebackers aren't really able to do what they could do best because we're not generating a pass rush. Right. So a guy like TJ Edwards, yeah, TJ Edwards is always around the football, 10 tackles in the game. I can't even trip on that. I expect more from him, Edmonds, and my boy Sanborn. Yeah, he had a little pick out there, but he only had one tackle. I need more reps from my boy Sample. And I think he got that pick against what Gab Gabbert? I mean, it wasn't well, he, got, he got it when the game was all but over? Yeah, yeah, right. But the point is, Perez, you had a good point though. You like to see him get more involved in the game for sure, man. And I think that's more to Sanborn than what we actually see right now. All right, man. My defensive game ball, like I said, this wasn't easy because you you just don't have a lot. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? When, when we watch the film, it ain't going to be a lot that we're going to be proud of. But no, no. I, I guess I got to go with the rookie Terrell Smith. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, whatever. I mean, seven tackles. But a lot of the tackles he was making, it was just like the running back is running wide open and he's cleaning plays up. It wasn't, I'm not giving him the game ball because he did anything exceptional out there. But I would say for a rookie getting his first extensive duty, I guess he, you know, he held up well enough that we made seven tackles. But honestly, I don't really have a lot of positives about this team right now. And it's really hard for me to give anybody much credit right now. It's painting. Yeah. It's, it's painful for me to give a, a compliment to this team right now. Literally, I'm going to be physically ill in like about five more seconds if I have to talk about any more positive. I've tried, but I can't. <laughs> this team is abysmal. And we, I, Honestly, if we were assholes, we could have said none of you motherfuckers deserve a game ball. We tried to be nuts. But yeah. look at it, nobody deserves a game ball. Not truly. No one truly deserves a game ball, man. But I do like where you were going with Terrell Smith, though. Um, the one thing I did like about him, Perez, was that seeing him cover Kelsey, I thought that was good for him. You talk about development and growth and having the opportunity. Hey, this is how you make a name for yourself by showing the team what you're able to do against a, a weapon like Kelsey. So I thought he did okay trying to defend him. I do. I did see Terrell Smith get burnt on play when he failed. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. bro, yeah. get your ass yeah. up, bro. <laughs> yeah, get your ass up. Right. That was something to watch. But at the end of the day, Perez, I like the fact that you gave him the game ball for the simple fact that, hey, this is going to be a game where I can see someone like him growing from for sure. I like that. A nice little positive spin to my negativity. I appreciate you, Doug. <laughs> All right, time for some more negativity. Who is your bear down, your underperformer for week three? I'm going to go Khalil Herbert, man. Ooh. And the reason I'm calling them out, Perez, because that fumble didn't quite sit well with me, man. It didn't sit well. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know better than anyone else. Hold on to the football. We don't need no turnovers against a team like Kansas City Chiefs. Look, that team, explosive offensively, we already know. We didn't want to give them any extra points at all. But that fumble, man, 
at that point, I'm like, this is going to be ugly, Prince. And that's when I realized at that point that, hey, this we have no shot at all against this team when things like that start to occur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't give that team any field position advantages. You definitely don't turn the football over to them. And if you happen to stop them like we did on our first defensive series, yeah, you do something with that. That's the only thing we did good in this game. Yep. <laughs> and then after that, they came back and was like, oh, okay, all right, y'all want to play? Boom. Take that. Exactly. Getting punched, getting knocked down, man. But seven straight possessions just wasn't good. All right, man. My underperformer for week three. And I'm going to continue to say this guy's name, Matt Eberflus. Now, I don't think that he's lost the locker room yet. But the effort that we're seeing from this ball club, Dub, is not the effort that we saw from the club last year. Last year's team had less talent, I thought, on defense, and those guys played their asses off. Less talent on offense, but whatever it was, whatever it was they were doing on offense, it was working. Now I will say this: in the NFL, it's probably hard to keep an NFL locker room motivated and engaged for a 17-week season. I can imagine it's probably very difficult. Right. Especially when you get your ass beat like we get our asses beat right now. But the reason why I'm calling Matty Bafus out this week is because he was supposed to be this defensive genius. Right? He's the same defensive genius that went to Ryan Pose last year and was like, hey, we don't need a guy like Khalil Mack because he don't fit my system. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like Khalil Mack hadn't lost a couple steps and he hasn't really done much with the Chargers. But my whole opinion is, if you're going to have that type of ego and arrogance about yourself, then, hey, my scheme don't need a guy like that, then I can see what your fucking scheme's got. And right now, I ain't seen that your scheme has done anything for you to be talking about what player don't fit your, your scheme. You don't fit Chicago, sir. <laughs> when I look at you on the sideline, you don't look like a coach of my Chicago Bears. How about that? We will talk about Lovey Smith. Don't even get me started talking about Dicka, right? Because that's when my meathead shit start coming up. When I think about the true coaches of this team, and I look at you, Eberflus, you starting to kind of look like Mark Trespin a little bit to me. A little John Fox-ish, if you will. Every week is a new disappointment with this guy. He's 3-17 as a Bears coach, bro. Ouch. This year here? If they don't write the wrong against Denver, what are they going to want to ball game? If you can't get it right right now, it's, it's going to be tough. And I heard him speak today, and he bought the Colts in 2018, how they started off 1-5, and five, how they turned things around, right? And he's talking about this team having the stamina to push through adversity and all those good things. And, you know, even Fuchs always says the right thing in the presser, bro. That's kind of what it is. But saying the right thing ain't enough. Your team has to execute. You talk about the fact that this team needs to be looking at the details, needs to be focused, needs to continue to improve that and do the good things all the time. The question is, why aren't they? And where are you at in ensuring that they are doing it, you know? So you got to be better as a coach because watching that cover two all game, it ain't working, bro. I saw Mahomes light that up easily. Hey, Dem, I want to unpack one part of what you said there. You talked about his words during the press conference. And yeah, I, I did listen to that. 
This is my thing when it comes to the Chicago Bears and press conferences. I'm sick of us talking about them in press conferences. We we had it with Ryan Poles, right? When he talked about taking back the North and never giving it back. Right. You talked about Ibrafus and how he always just says the right thing. Well, God damn it, I'm tired of us talking about winning press conferences. Let's win some fucking games. Great that the coach can sit here and, and make a cute comparison to a team that we don't even give a fuck about and what they did when they were all five. Great. We shouldn't be in this position to begin with. Hey, why are we in this position right now, Matt Eberflus? Can you, can you answer that question? <laughs> huh? Why are we on three? Why are we regress? Why is this thing worse than what it was last season when we were expecting things to take a step forward? We were all talking about Justin Fields taking that year three leap. What happened to that? What happened to Cleo Herbert? He don't look the same. What's going on with this defense? I mean, we checked no boxes on the defensive side of the ball through three games, bro. It's like it is bad. It is ugly. And I was hoping to really see some growth. Out of all the things you and I talked about, Perez, before, about the offseason and the moves made, and to see this defense perform like this, it's not Allen Williams only. Eberflu's got to take a big part of this right here, man, and say, hey, you allowed this defense to go out there and perform like that. That is a slap in the face to the fan base. Look, Allen Williams is gone. They, they, you, can't, you can't sit up there and blame this on nobody, Eberflu's. This is all you. This is all you. You didn't want Ryan Poles to go drive Jalen Carter? Cool, this is all you. Take it. Eat it. It's yours. You broke it, you bought it. <laughs> I got all time. I got I, I got time today, Maddie McFoos. I promise you, bro. I am so sick of this shit, man. I have never seen this fan base as depleted as it was yesterday. Am I going to stop watching the Bears? Absolutely not. But can I express my frustrations? Yes, I will. And I'm not going to stop because I got a platform. And nobody going to tell me to not do so. I wish somebody would tell me to stop complaining. Fuck you. You start your own show and then you can talk about this team the way you want to. But I'm sick and tired of what we're watching. Every Sunday, it's a new low. Every Sunday, we got to sit here, watch this shit, digest it, break it down, and try to come up with something positive to talk about so that way we're not on the show for an hour ranting and raving. But you know what? Sometimes... You just got to call situations what they are. And this right here is a team that's going nowhere fast. This team got to show some fight, some grit, bro. Because if it goes the whole season like this, this thing got to be turned around very quickly, bro. And I'm just tired of hearing every time that even flus get on the mic and talk. The one constant thing we're always hearing about is improve on their details. Improve on their details. Improve on the individual play. Improve on team play. Everything you're saying we need to do has not been done. And I'm just tired of hearing that same story. I think to where Prez is at, where Dub is at, and the rest of the fan base, we need to see some execution. Well, this comes down to me is I'm just tired of the talk. Okay, Justin, you felt whatever kind of way about the coaching staff? Okay, well, go out there and show us what the fuck you got. I ain't see shit from you from the, in that damn Chiefs game. Eberflus, you want to sit up here and run your damn mouth? I ain't see shit from you. Ryan Poles, hey, you want to take back the North? Sounds good. Where we at with that? 
That's the thing. It's so much talk, but ain't a lot of action. I was talked a long time ago. I was talking a long time ago, ain't the don't write a check your ass can't cash. <laughs> and, and we out here writing a bunch of checks right now, and it's fucking pissing me off. Holes, Eberflus, they may make some good insurance salesmen because they can sell you on some bull for real, bro. <laughs> Nah, 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 the, nah, the gig's up now. The gig's up. <laughs> <laughs> we we already heard these sales pitches. Nope, that shit's up. He nope, said time nope, is nope. up, man. Enough is enough, man. We tired of the sales pitch, bro. Because yeah. he's been coming out every week, giving us some kind of story about the history. Hey, look, whatever team y'all used to play for, I'm sorry, when you used to coach and be part of, that's not the Chicago Bears. We are the Chicago Bears. You got to coach this team the right way and build it the right way. And right now, man, at the way we're going right now at this rate, it just really doesn't look good. I do hope the Bears can start fresh and get in the win column, Perez. And listen, as we talked about already, but next week we got the winless Denver Broncos. That we basically were joking about how they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. <laughs> and I'm looking at this game. We're going to break it down and we'll have it set up for you guys on our preview show. But when I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, I'm not going into this matchup making fun of the Broncos for that. I know Twitter was going crazy with the Broncos and how they got all them points put on them. I'm like thinking to myself, well, if we played the Dolphins, how bad would they beat us? Right. That's true. I mean, look what the Chiefs did. They took their foot off the gas. They could have really embarrassed us if they wanted to. They cut the Bears a break and said they have the game in the bag. They decided they want to risk any players out there and just, hey, through all the other players out there on the bench to play that fourth quarter. But to your point, man, we were no better than the Broncos in week three. Listen, they saw Mahomes when he got his ankle leg rolled up on inadvertently. They're like, yeah, there's no point of him being out here too much longer in this ball game. What's the point? So he had a he had an easy day work. That man, he probably barely sweat out there. That probably was so easy for him. He was so cool and calm in that presser after the game. And he's probably so happy that we that he didn't get drafted here. He like, thank y'all for not drafting me. Could you imagine his life? His life wouldn't be as the way. Man, Patrick Mahomes all over the TV commercials. Half a billion dollar contract. That shit wouldn't happen in Chicago. And that's what I want the fans to realize. I don't give a fuck how many of the more picks we get and how many top five picks we get. Until we get a football person that's going to come in here and strip this thing down and not have outside influences, it ain't going to matter. Now, Justin Fields, when, when they traded up to get him, we were all universally like, hey, great move. And that was made by Ryan Pace. But we all universally was like, hey, we might have a quarterback here. All right? We saw potential. We saw promise first two seasons. Third year, we're like, hey, we need to see what he can do as a passer, but we think that the guy's got it. Now I'm looking at the kid, and I'm like, I don't think he's got it. And it pains me to say that, Doug, because years one and two with him, I saw tons of potential. Now I'm starting to see that Bears curse starting to chip away with the kid. When I see him standing at that podium and sitting at the podium, I'm like, he looks broken. He's looking like, I don't want to be here. It's like... The Bears franchise, it has a poison, and it just basically takes over people. And then I don't know what the fuck. 
You have successful people to come here when they leave here. They're losers. I don't know what it is. This team been rebuilt since 1986. That is a long, long time. Sheesh. That's tough, man. You got to go that long without winning. And then see how this team is playing now. This is tough. And we heard players leave us. And what they do, they got some shit to say uh, once they leave the team. But we understand why they do it because if you're losing like this, it's problematic. Listen, if you lose, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a, a comparison that most people can get. You're in an awful job situation. All right? Your boss is a jerk. They're not paying you what you should. And the work is just, it's just, it's tough for you to keep up with. All right. You go over to another situation where you're a part of a team of people that are dedicated to doing quality work. They compensate you for doing the work. You're appreciated for doing quality work. Now you're being held accountable, but you're in a winning culture. What do you think people are going to want? That's no different than any of us in our everyday lives. Want to be appreciated, want to be rewarded for our work, want to be recognized for our efforts, want to be compensated for doing a good job, want to be appreciated. Right now, man, you got a team of players, man, that I feel like they lost. There's no direction on this team. Mighty Flues, I've been coming after you for weeks now. Please show me something different. I don't want to have to just keep coming on this show and airing you out, but I'm not seeing anything, man. I'm seeing the guy that's sitting up here trying to convince me and himself that everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. That's like the guy that wife leaves him, takes the kids, takes the house. He's living in a one-bedroom apartment by himself, and he's trying to convince himself that, oh, man, I'm better now. I'm better off. No, you're not. Your family left you. You got nothing. That's Matt Eberflus right now trying to convince us of some shit that we know ain't true. <laughs> Everybody left you, Matt. Come on, man. It's time to take accountability. It's time to look in the mirror. Go get the family back, Matt. Come on. Now it is. I'm done with my rants. I said I wasn't going to do it, but you know what? Fuck it. This, this team, they deserved it, and I gave it to them. We got the Broncos on deck. Dub and I have you guys covered on the preview pod later in the week. Thanks for making us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. Until then, we are out.